as long as you're doing what makes you happy in the outdoors, like your relationship with the outdoors is kind of untouchable. Hey, I'm Caroline, and you're listening to In Her Nature, the podcast and community where you can learn from others' experiences to make your next adventure more approachable. This episode is brought to you by Body Glide. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us on In Her Nature. I'm so excited to talk today about taking the outdoors at your own pace. Um, before we jump into it, can you just fill us in on like where is home, what activities you resonate, the whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm psyched to be here. I am from Milwaukee originally. A lot of my time outdoors was spent in Madison where I went to college, but I'm back in Milwaukee now. Loving life next to the lake again, the big lake. I always like to do a little like baby career highlight because I think that's kind of helpful sometimes. Um, You are a nurse. You're nine to five or more like nine to nine. (laughs) You're a nurse. But can you tell us just a little bit about like what work life looks for you? Yeah. Yeah. I am a baby nurse, new nurse, just hit my one year mark. I work at kind of a bigger hospital in downtown Milwaukee. Um, Our patient population is extremely diverse, um, which is one of the reasons I love it. I work like med surge nursing, which is kind of a catch-all. You see a lot of different kinds of patients there for different things. Um, It's neuro-specialized, so I've enjoyed learning a lot about that little niche of nursing and... I have a beautiful view from where I'm at. I love my coworkers and every day, honestly, throws something new at me, which is a cool part and a crazy part. So always learning. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I love that. I like doing like a little pause in the beginning because as much as we are people that love being outside, there's this other side of not professional athlete vibes that like we do other things with our time. So I like to kind of talk about that because I think it's more realistic, you know? So yeah, um, we just had a neuro, we just had a neuro PT specialist, like come on. That was like a couple episodes ago. So kind of fun how a lot of our interviewees are, or like a lot of people we talk to are in healthcare. So pretty fun. Okay, cool. So, so today we're talking kind of about an interesting topic, not about an activity in general, but kind of like overall vibes of being outside, which I think we're due for an episode like this. So before we jump into it, um, how has this season been for you? I totally agree that this is like a topic worth talking about because I mean, there's so many points I'm excited to hit on, but the season as in like fall into winter has been I honestly love this time of year because one of the beautiful things about Wisconsin is the change of the season is always kind of keeping you on your toes. And I love kind of the reset that that brings. So like adjusting to more like cool weather activities. Um, And it also keeps things that are like summer things like sacred at the same time. So like I'm still getting outside as much as possible and that looks different than in the summer, of course. But um, yeah, I think every season, especially with my new hours that I work, like there are full days that I don't see the sun, which is a challenge. But <laughs> um, I'm definitely working on the balance of that and trying to incorporate being outside into my off days as much as possible. It definitely being outside on my off days is my like security 
blanket of sorts and a healing space for me to like bounce back from putting all my energy into other people. And that's kind of my time to just be outside and be in the world and recover. I love that so much. I love the idea of like, especially people in healthcare. I mean, like we're taking care of people every single day and it's really hard to take care of people well when your cup is so empty. I was really feeling that at the last couple of weeks here where I was just like running on empty and I felt like my clinical work, like I had to be hyper vigilant about like Mm -hmm. the quality and the decision making I was doing because I was so tired. Um, And I love what you said, like how the outdoors provides this balance to like somewhat of an intense career, no matter what you do. Um, I think a lot of people that listen to the podcast and a lot of people that resonate with this are trying to balance a career with being outside. Like we're not these full-time professional athletes. So I love what you just said. And I think that's going to resonate like so much with people. Okay. So outside of like nine to five and stuff, what activities bring you a lot of joy outside? Um, like I said, like every season of the year, like fall, spring, summer, whatever it is, um, this fall and winter, I feel like I, so I am living with a partner who has a dog right now and I've been trying to incorporate like dog activities into my outdoor activities. So we've done a lot of walking and exploring like urban Milwaukee and having a little dog by my side, I feel like is a new lens because I don't know, I'm going places that are dog friendly and like there's sort of a community where I'm at with that. Um, I also on my own try to be like close to the water as much as possible. So if I'm like outside and exercising, I'm trying to do like hills by the lake or stairs by the lake or just kind of pushing myself to like use the landscape that I'm in to some degree, which is, has been like, honestly, really magical. Wow. That's kind of just soaking in for me. I love what you said about like using the landscape you're in. Cause that's such a big picture way of thinking versus like, okay, today's Monday. I need to get my cycle class in and then tomorrow I need to swim and lift. Yeah. Instead it's like, okay, well this is my energy and this is the place I'm in. So like, how am I going to move in it and I think that's a way more holistic way of looking at a being outside but also just like moving our body so I think that's super cool yeah I feel like for my time and how to best use it there's a realistic way of like I have to shape my life around being outside versus like I have to work being outside into my life and that is like a huge dictator, honestly, of how my seasons go, you know, with being outside and being able to use my space. But yeah. And you were saying this earlier, just on the nature of where we live in the Midwest, there's seasons, right? Which is kind of a blessing and a curse. But our activities really change based on the season, mm-hmm. right? Like in the summer, you and I, it's kind of like manic sun time. It's like, mm-hmm. how many activities can we do in, and get vitamin D at the same time? Versus the winter, I feel like we're a lot more like, okay, let's go for a walk. Let's maybe get a little run in. And that, you know, like you're a lot better at kind of ebbing, ebbing and flowing than I am. But I'm like very much routine based. But I really appreciate about that for you that you kind of take the season for what it is. And you're like, okay, this is it. <laughs> this is what we're doing. And then we're going to enjoy it. For sure. Yeah. 
And that is kind of like, I have a lot of friends who are into some really like cool and hardcore things. And that is something I've worked on for myself is like, how can I make the outdoors for me? And like, honestly, those are the points that I connect to it the most and I get the most out of it. And like that shapes my experience in the world a lot. (laughs) I think that's such a good point on how you don't need to necessarily be like the traditional, like hardcore outdoor person where you're, you know, getting all these objectives and doing these races. Like you can still very much be present and enjoy the outdoors in a more realistic way. And sometimes a healthier way. Like a lot of times that very, intense energy isn't always coming from a healthy spot. I'm just speaking personally. (laughs) So I want to get into that and like talk about how do we kind of make the outdoors feel comfortable and relaxed when we're exploring, which is such a big question, but how do you personally kind of look at that? Yeah, this is like, this has been a total evolution in my experience. I went to college and I met so many cool people and in so many ways, all of my college friends and like just my closest people in general inspire me and everyone is interested in such cool things. And I think through the power of osmosis, I was able to be exposed to and have all these really cool new experiences, which include, but are not limited to like climbing, um, Everyone has been really into like biking and mountain biking and some really intense running, which is really inspiring. And it just feels to me like I've been so lucky to see so many cool people do so many cool things that in the same like leg of my life, I've had to come to terms with like what I feel the most comfortable doing and set some boundaries for myself while still encouraging and like being so proud of my friends and some really awesome people who do such badass things you know um so I think the seasons of life and also taking things at my own pace have really set the tone for like my opportunities to really love being in the outdoors wow I gotta let that soak in because that was really well said (laughs) I think One thing I really appreciate you saying is kind of setting that boundary. Can you talk a little bit more about like what that looks like for you or what, how that kind of developed in your brain? I struggle with that and struggle with comparison. So like, how did you work on setting that boundary? I guess. For sure. More simple logistical answers that I can think of. Like in college, I was in no way prepared to be spending money on like buying skis for myself or like major trips out to ski like that feasibly was not going to be a thing for me. So I had to, in my own mind, be like, hey, I would really love to be doing these kinds of things and I'm going to make every effort that I can to make that a reality for myself. But at the same time, where I'm like, where I am at in life, that could be restricted at the time, you know? Um, So boundaries like that, but also just the mental boundary or like the safety boundary for myself. Like there were points when I was like trying things with friends or that I was like, oh, I do not feel safe right now. Like, even though I'm with like the safest group of people, like something in my gut is just like, oh, you're not meant to be like 200 feet in the air. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> on a string attached to a rock. Like, <laughs> like there were definitely times where I was like, I can see how people find this really cool, but for me, it's just not it. <laughs> okay, that's so funny you say that because recently I just told someone, I'm like, I'm really over climbing right now. Like, I just can't handle it. And not that we're ripping on climbing, but I do like this idea that there are multiple boundaries. So like we talked about financial. I think that's so smart. Like we really don't talk about finances a lot and how much privilege it takes to be in the outdoors, how many barriers to entry there Mm -hmm. are. So I love that you mentioned finance. I think that's super smart and important to set within your own brain because it's so easy to just be like, deal with it later. Um, And I think it's okay to just take some time to think and decide if you're ready. So I think that's really smart. And I also love the like self boundary, like you were saying, which could be just like, do I emotionally like to be around these people first off? And like, gratefully, that's usually a yes with like Mm -hmm. our big group of people, but that's not always a given, especially if you're doing these things with new people. Like, do I emotionally feel (laughs) safe or do I feel kind of like on edge the whole time? And then I, I love this point about safety. Like, am I, do I feel safe? Like, yeah, you might physically be safe. Like your system's all Mm -hmm. in check. Everything looks good. Like the physics are doing the physics, but do I feel safe? And if no is the answer, that's all it needs to be like that in itself is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I want to like acknowledge that in so many outdoor sports that can make people better and push people like there is a point where you should push past. Like if you're going to be a good runner or be a good biker or like be able to do the next cool thing, you're going to like have to obviously push through some like discomforts or um, like difficulties, like literally running and cardio and getting your body to the point where you want to be able to, I don't know, set new records and like do such cool things, which there's a lot of value in that. But like, if you're like, this does not feel good in my body, like, for me, like, my knees have always been a problem with running long distances. And no matter like, how good it feels to have the good feelings that come with running and accomplishing things like that, like, in the long term, I do see myself like having some knee problems down the road. So I'm like, I'm gonna do what I can to preserve myself and have some realistic expectations for like my body, you know. So doing what feels good in my body is definitely something I've learned to value and kind of take it easy on myself in some aspects. But yeah, it's important to like, find that balance, I think. Totally. And it's hard and it comes with time, I think. And it comes with making a lot of mistakes, like Mm -hmm. a lot (laughs) and not necessarily like big mistakes or important mistakes, but like little ones along the way where you're like, why did I do that? Like, why (laughs) did I decide to do that today? Or like, I don't know, maybe even reflecting like a lot of times I'm not very good at this, but I will just keep going forward and not take time to pause and like think back. And thinking back allows me to recognize like, oh, I felt good in my body or, oh, I didn't feel good in my body. I'm trying to do that right now while I'm like figuring out what this next year is going to look like for me. And like, where do I want to put like my time, energy and money or where do I want to skip it? And I'm having a really hard time right now, like figuring that all out. So I love that you said that, like 
it just takes some time sometimes to figure out like what feels good in your body and then also acknowledging it and valuing that as much as valuing like the actual experience itself. I think that's really hard and nuanced. So that was a really good For point. For sure. Like you did so many cool things this year that like if you're going to keep doing them, you should find out like what worked, what didn't work. But yeah, I think trial and error and also I have to do a lot of like actual like journaling and like talking out loud to myself or like I don't know definitely having that conversation with yourself about what feels safe what feels good what you feel like the point is that you want to push yourself kind of so that takes maturity (laughs) when it comes to these outdoor things so looking back on your year or looking back on experience what strategies have worked for you to process some of the things you've gone through? So honestly, a lot of it happens on the fly, I feel like, but there are times that I I do have to sit down and like journal at it and work at it. Um, Like looking back on years past, like I try to think about what I want to prioritize going forward. And I'm like, okay, that year I did not go out a lot. I like spent a lot of time and energy trying to get on camping trips or saving up for a new like sleeping pad or like whatever it may be. Um, And also kind of coming to terms with like, there are going to be times in my life when I think I'm breaking into a tangent here, but like there are going to be times in my life where, or everyone's life, that you can't really make it on the trips that you want to be on or spend as much time because of your schedule or because of where you need to be right now. Like, I don't know. I reflect on this past year and for example, like a lot of my free time when I wasn't working every third weekend went to like family obligations and spending time with friends and being there for friends, like, as much as I could and showing up for those kind of trips versus like planning my own camping trips with like my boyfriend or like my friends. And totally, I think there's a lot of meditation and just like trying to be happy where you are and coming to peace, like with that. 100%. And I love a couple of things, like a couple of points that you brought up. I think not being able to is something that I really struggle with and have struggled with for the past couple of years and not feeling like, oh, people aren't going to take me seriously because I'm not doing these really big, rad things. And then also a little bit of guilt and I don't really know the exact feeling, but I'm the same way I'm prioritizing like family and my career a lot more right now, uh, which I won't regret per se, but I do kind of feel like these are my twenties. Like I should be really enjoying them. I don't have kids. I don't have a family. I have an awesome partner. I kind of feel guilty for kind of sticking close to home. And it's hard because that stuff doesn't make it on like your Instagram, like real or like your carousel for the year. A lot of times, like that is the stuff that you store over years and the relationships you build over years that don't always like be seen as the flashy outdoor thing, which I think is hard. Um, One thing I wanted to ask is what kind of like fears or insecurities did you have around this, this kind of idea of like missing out on the core idea or core outdoor things? 
Oh my gosh. I still feel like this all the time. Every day there are like, you're going to have to choose between like committing to getting dinner with your parents or like working ahead on some stuff so that you can have a few days off in the next couple weeks where you can get out of town and go hiking or go backpacking or go canoeing or whatever it is. Um, So in my mind, I guess there are hard lessons where you don't always choose your family or your values or anything like that. And you just kind of have to be on the trip at all costs. And I think over time, there is like a fatigue that comes with putting yourself in situations that you're not always prepared for, or like emotionally, you're, like you said, having guilt, that you're missing out on other important things. Um, I think college was a really special time because I was able to be pretty selfish. Because I was kind of living away from home. And I honestly was just trying to like, suck the life out of my experiences you know like and honestly there were so many cool like in a good yeah way. yeah there was like yeah yeah so many opportunities to be on cool trips and like get out and try new things and go backpacking with a group of people you've never met before like that was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. completely unique but the reality of it is like you're going to have to sit with your decisions and like being at peace with like how you prioritize your time. And now I'm just rambling, but (laughs) no, no, it's good. It's good. Well, I think it's hard to talk about like fears and insecurities around this because it's not necessarily something that like a lot of people a like to talk about and B it's not really talked about a whole lot, like in outdoor spaces. Um, I think specifically Mm -hmm. because there is this very, beautiful facade sometimes of going on these trips and posting the things and telling your friends like look at this cool like ridgeline I ran or look at this cool canoe trip I did for 10 days and you kind of get this boost from other people who make little comments like wow that's really cool like I don't think I could ever do that and you're like well I did it and that's cool you know it's all internal though it's not like these really explicit things Mm -hmm. so I think there's a lot of fear and maybe more insecurity around if I stop doing these things, are people going to look at me in the same way? Am I going to fit into this community Yeah. in the same way that I used to, mm-hmm. especially coming from a time of like, you're right, in college, you are very much like, let's see how much I can get out of this. You know, like, let me run as fast as I can to see how, how far we can go. Mm-hmm. But then you end up being really fatigued. And I think now that we're like a couple years past that right. point and living close to home and kind of making decisions to like benefit careers instead of other things. Like I have a lot of insecurity about that sometimes. Absolutely. And I honestly, as you were saying that I came up with another sort of response to the fears and insecurities, but like, okay. So, so we were talking about like making decisions and how sometimes when you don't make the obvious outdoor decision and you maybe prioritize other things, there are emotions that come up and bubble up a little bit. So this question is sponsored by our awesome partners at Body Glide. But Sophie, what fears or insecurities did you have when taking the outdoors at your own pace? So like something that I've definitely had to grow from is having this really, really intricate and well-balanced friend group where everyone 
like often has a cool thing to do or a trip up their sleeve, you know? Um, and like, I think I hold some fear in like fear and missing out, honestly, but also like fear in missing opportunities to further my friendships with these people who I adore so much and respect and am inspired by that. Like, it's almost as if anytime anyone is doing something together, I want to be there because I know like that it's an opportunity for me to kind of soak in the like awesomeness of the people that are on that trip. And because you know that there's going to be some good like content or like good times and good experiences. Core core memories. Yeah, totally. And that's a hard thing to pass up when you're like saving to buy a house or like saving because you want to, I don't know, like be able to go to Europe or something like aside from the group mindset. But totally. (laughs) That was like kind of the first other. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's really a cool take on it because there's the obvious answer of like, if I'm not doing things in the outdoors, people won't see me as an outdoor based human. And sometimes that's an identity that can be kind of, you know, a little bit up in the air. And that can be like a fear or insecurity. But I like the group dynamic part because I think that's not always spoken about. Mm -hmm. I also think another really interesting thing, I heard this on another podcast recently. It's called FOPO. So fear of other people's opinions. So like some fears and insecurities are like if, well, if I don't do this, am I going to be judged by the group? Am I going to be judged by other people's opinions, like about what they say about me? And that's a fear I personally have a lot of times. Like if I don't ski my, my 10 days this year or whatever, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if I don't ski, are people going to think of me as not a skier anymore? And that's like an identity for me. Yeah. So we're getting into the weeds right now, but I think that's really important, you know? Yeah. Like you can legitimize yourself just by acknowledging that based on what you're doing and if you are comfortable and you have your boundaries in place like no matter what like as long as you're doing what makes you happy in the outdoors like your relationship with the outdoors is kind of untouchable does that make sense (laughs) yes and I think that's like a core point of the episode I think that's so important and so just yeah that's the point and I think going into this kind of new season or new-ish year it's okay to say no it's okay to like preserve yourself and if you're trying to balance other things in your life and you don't want that fatigue that comes sometimes from these intense trips the intense decision making like the intense group dynamic sometimes that's totally fine like acknowledge it and set a boundary and be confident in that and I think that's a muscle you have to slowly train. That's not something you just do right away and are good at. That's like little decisions throughout your week that eventually build to that. And often like you're going to say it's a muscle, but like I feel like with my schedule, it was just something that I had to either sit in turmoil about or like be okay with in terms of missing out on stuff. And so by extension, like I've been able to kind of create my own space and be really happy and be comfortable with my own level in the outdoors. Like I think the, the evil of comparison, like it kind of is the thief of joy. They say that, don't they? (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I think that's really true. And it's cliche for a reason that like the minute you start 
putting your lens on other people and comparing it to yourself is the minute you like lose a lot of joy and grounding too. You know, you become ungrounded when you do that. And I think you, you lose a lot of energy in general. And if we can conserve our energy, then we can do, I don't know, we can just be better people and like move through life a little bit more gracefully. Yeah. On a happy note, my neighbor is feeding his birds out of the palm of his hand right now. And it's just <laughs> really precious. <laughs> oh my God. I like to, I like turned over and he like brought his little bird seeder um, or bird feeder seed out. And it's just like, isn't that cute? Oh my God. Are they flocking? No, they're just kind of like curiously looking. So anyway, that was kind of fun. Okay. So I want to keep moving. I love that point. I think it's super important. Um, So we were talking a little bit about like choosing outdoor activities or spaces that feel good in your body at this period of time. So how do you prioritize joy in the outdoors versus like checking things off your list? Honestly, in order to be happy when I'm doing outdoor activities, I I like to feel prepared for them. Um, So one thing is like planning and preparing as much as I can. Um, Also, a part of the joy is being able to like handle whatever's thrown at you or like feel like you've done what you can to like become part of the environment that you're in. And like, when I think about like being joyful in the outdoors, I think like being at peace and like what I've done to get myself to that space, like whether it's biking a really far distance or like taking the time for a road trip or coordinating with a big group of friends and like everyone getting their shit together to the point of like being in the middle of nowhere in the mountains, which is like such a cool feeling. And, um, it definitely takes effort to get to that point. So like being able to like look behind you and say like, wow, we, we did this, like we came so far, like if we were just complacent, none of this would happen. And like, I think that, is a special part of the joy. <laughs> I am really bad at doing that. Like, I actually think I'm completely bad because I don't know if I ever look behind. Actually, I really struggle to look behind. I have this weird sense of pressure to like always look forward. My saying is like, just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think that's more of like a survivalist mentality, which is the phase of life I'm like somewhat in oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> so I think, and a lot of people probably feel that like in their 20s and 30s when you're kind of like building all these puzzle pieces together it's like just get through it to get to the other side but I do think there's like this really really important like beauty that you just said of like you won't take away from moving forward if you also look back and acknowledge like how long and hard and just like acknowledging what it took to get there like I think that's so powerful and something Mm -hmm. that I don't think I've like really ever done yeah and it can I don't know. It can be like in a small sense, like you said, like you're on a trip with a couple of core people and you just take a second and breathe and be like, wow, like we traveled all this way. I feel so grateful. And this is going to be a cool experience like that. And alone, I think is very grounding or it could be like, I was thinking about this with school recently, like, wow, I'm in the spot that I dreamed of being in like four years oh, ago. Yeah. And that can be in so many different lenses, like outdoor and career or with relationships, you know? So I think it can apply to so many frames of thought. Absolutely. I love that. 
I really struggle um, to just check things off my list. Like I make a little list of what I want to do for that year. And then I'm like, okay, hell or high water. Like I'm doing it, <laughs> which is a, which is a gift, but also like I'm trying to get away from that a little bit. Cause I don't think it creates like the healthiest environment yeah. for my brain. So I appreciate the, the focus on joy. I think that's like a big vibe yeah. for the upcoming months. Um, another response that I thought of, if you don't mind, <laughs> um, Keep rolling. one of the things like, that really helps me just feel the joy of like being outside is like if you're going on a trip or if you're like going up north or going to the beach or wherever it may be like um if you're traveling with others like especially but I like to take opportunities where there will be chances to do all sorts of different things like for example like going to Florida with like one other friend it's cool to like go to places or seek out experiences where maybe both of you don't have to do the same thing or like or like going up north like there's chances for people to go biking to go hiking like if you want to stay back and just like have a lazy day like I really love when you're able to find different opportunities within like one one actionable like trip for yourself like sometimes it's hard to prioritize your own joy when you're with a group of people and like everyone wants to do one thing and you're like gosh I really am not feeling at my best or (laughs) I want to do something that I don't have to just grin and bear through like this one aspect that I'm not looking forward to like I don't know like it, it just is nice to be able to honor the feelings that you're having in those moments and not feel the pressure of like missing out on a really, really extreme moment, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's like so perfectly said, I think giving yourself opportunities to have options and keeping Mm -hmm. doors open, even if you don't think you're going to take them, I think you'll always appreciate it down the road. Mm -hmm. And I think being around people that also appreciate that and appreciate like options and maybe one thing like one tangible thing I'm going to try to do is when I'm with a bigger group of people or we're like up north or you know there's options for a day if someone doesn't choose what I'm doing to like be supportive of it I think I'm always trying to be supportive but it comes out in different ways sometimes I'm like disappointed I don't have my bike buddy anymore or I'm like Mm -hmm. a little sad I have to go do this alone it's okay. Like, it's totally fine. As long as you like meet back up and, you know, like share another experience together. I think making room for people to take the space they need to take is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think like at the end of the day, like it's hard to want to like break away and like honor your own emotions. But like, if you're forcing yourself into something, which is like, it comes with all of this that I've said about like kind of forging your own path and making boundaries and creating your own space but um you do sort of have to like stand up for yourself a bit and also try not to compare yourself in those moments because just because you have a tummy ache doesn't make you less of like an outdoors woman (laughs) you know what I mean like that just yeah that's so perfect it happens (laughs) Um, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast before, but one tangible thing I want to talk about is 
I get really bad altitude sickness and my parents get it. It's genetic and I hate it. I hate it so much. It makes me feel less than other people. It (laughs) makes me feel dumb. It makes me feel like I don't belong in the mountains. And I promise you, I try my best to be in good shape. You know, there's like so many things I try to do to prevent it. And I get it every single time. And it's like clockwork. And I had really struggled with that for a long time of like being around people that didn't necessarily experience the same thing and didn't really understand why I made decisions I did. But now I have a very firm boundary that like when I'm sleeping above 9,000 feet, like I'm not skiing the full day, the first couple of days I'm out there. I know I only get X amount of days out to ski a year, but like that's my boundary. If I feel like I have a little bit of a headache, like I'm going in, like I don't need to tough it out. And I really struggled with that last year because my ski days were so limited and I started to feel it like I always do. And I called it early and I went back, drove myself back. You know, it's kind of like a little somber and you're like doubtful of your decision everyone comes back Mm -hmm. they're like that was the most epic afternoon we've ever had we skied these amazing balls and I was like Caroline you honored (laughs) your body and you decided to do a decision that you won't regret and just take a step back and it will be totally fine and I just that was something that was really hard for me at first and now I'm getting slowly better at it but I think that's a really good point so of just like I don't know it's you want options and it's okay to branch off yeah, like for me, I see that as like a step of you creating longevity for yourself because if you were going to push yourself into a day of skiing that you were like totally miserable, you won't really look back on that and want to keep going with that, you know, outdoor activity. Like yeah. you're going to burn out on it yeah. if you're if you're not feeling the genuine joy that you went into it with, you know. Yeah, I love that so much. I think that's like so powerful and I'm all about longevity and sustainability. That's like the energy I'm trying to bring in right now is just taking time to be like taking my off days, whether it's like with work or with, you know, working out, whatever, just giving myself time to like be a part. And I don't know. I love that so much. Um, Do you have any tips for people trying to kind of take things at their own pace, like little small things that you've done? I know we talked a little bit about it already but little things that have worked for you if people are trying to take things at their own pace well I was gonna say like for me if it's my off day like so when I work I only work like three days a week but those days I cannot really do anything else besides like wake up go to work come home pack my lunch go to bed like my off days truly are like sometimes so overwhelming and it's hard to follow through on ideas that you've had or things you want to do. So for me, like, it really does help to like make a little like checklist for my day if I'm going to be productive and also prioritize my time outside. Like I have to like follow through on getting up early. I need to check off my things that I need to do in order to be like a productive adult in the world. (laughs) And then like for me to truly enjoy being outside, it, it does take like I need some time to like get to the place I'm going and like I really do need to set aside time which is a privilege and just a funky aspect of my schedule right now but like I think in terms of creating follow-through in the exhausting schedule that I'm working right now like I have to be really like manifesting my days (laughs) 
Yeah, and being really intentional about mm-hmm. time. It's really like romantic and I'm kind of like this, so it's hard, but it's really romantic to be like, well, maybe I'll get around to a trail run in the afternoon if the weather is perfect and I'm well fed and all my things are checked off. It's like, it's not going to happen. Like it's not, unless you are on vacation, which is a couple weeks out of the year, the day to day, like it's not going to happen. So you do need to be like very intentional about that time. And it, it more yeah. so creating the time for yourself. Like once you do have that hour or two hours and you can do whatever you want. You can be whimsical sure. and fun and not worry about it, but you need to make the time. And sometimes that's really challenging. Yeah. Um, the other thing is like, if people offer you like secondhand things or like they're passing you on like little items, like I was saying before, things that have kept me from kind of trying skiing is like not having my own equipment. And a lot of outdoor activities really do you need to have that kind of stuff if you're going to do it safely. And like, unfortunately, like that can be a barrier for a lot of people, but like take, take the opportunities as they come. Like if you're traveling and you find a pair of climbing shoes, like that are crappy and maybe a kid's size, but they're $5, like just get them so that next time there's a chance for you to say, yes, you can, you know, um, or like secondhand, like ski coats, like you've definitely, you've definitely pimped me out for a couple of rides down the slope. And I honestly, like, that's a game changer for some people. Like you may not think about it, but that can be like a make or break in terms of their comfort or their ability to say yes, you know? Um, I love that. I think that's like such a good point, especially if you're the friend who maybe like is privileged and has the things like think about before you just, cast it aside in your closet you're like oh I'll get I'll get around to that later like just text a couple of friends be like would do you want to use this this season like it needs totally to be re-waterproofed but like do you want to use it and half the times people will be like oh my gosh yes I totally will yeah yeah it works out just fine completely or like I don't know like you just kind of have to ask around and like if if that's going to be a barrier for you like the resources are probably out there there's always a second hand like like equipment store I don't know like I've used like friends moms cross-country skis and that's opened a lot of doors like just kind of getting over the like oh but I can't afford to like buy this like either you need to pick up an extra shift save up prioritize saving up for something like that or you need to like be able to just borrow and be really thrifty about it so Yeah, I love that. I think like reverse engineer it. So if there's a piece of gear that you've figured out that you maybe need or say you have a friend with one, ask if you can try it before you buy it to make sure you like it. Also, there are companies with super good return policies um, who I'm sure people know of like REI and stuff has a really good return policy where you can kind of try it a little bit and then you can get a pretty good um, return. I don't know, you can return it after you use it or whatever, but reverse engineer it, figure out the stuff you want and then say you want to start trail running and you found the pair of trail shoes that you think you really like and they're like $150 which is kind of a bummer but like then figure out where you're going to fill in that money like Mm -hmm. I think that's really intentional and it's not very romantic it's kind of like very practical but that's how you get stuff done you know what I mean you reverse engineer it and don't be afraid to ask is the other thing I think even if you don't know what gear you need 
ask friends, listen to our podcast. Hopefully we've turned you on to a lot of things maybe that you didn't think of, but also, I don't know, you can always reach out to companies too. I know people like used to do that a lot more, but like reach out and see like, Hey, do you have a discount you could offer me? Or Hey, like, is there a secondhand place? Like Patagonia has a whole secondhand, Mm -hmm. um, aspect to their business now. And I know a lot of businesses are starting that. So just because it doesn't look like the textbook outdoor thing doesn't mean it's bad. Do you have any gear that you've invested in over the years that has been a game changer for you? Uh, snow pants. <laughs> I like somehow never had like an adult pair of snow pants. Um, yeah. And that has kept me very warm and keeps me like wanting to stay alive in the winter. <laughs> By doing cool things totally. and like getting outside and like Wisconsin is the kind of place that you really kind of do have to have good gear if you're gonna feel good and like feel energized outside. Yeah. So I would say a lot of my winter gear, um, honestly, one thing that has been so versatile is like just a waterproof like shell because I wear it in the summer over just like a t-shirt and I also in the winter use it as like a ski coat with just like some really strategic layers underneath um but that has really come with me a lot of places since I bought that Um, and I bought it really big with the intention of (laughs) like stuffing myself with puffies and smart wool and like all sorts of fun stuff but (laughs) Giving yourself options to layer. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. But that is, Sophie, that's such a good point though of like, okay, I have a like my ski jacket. I have a rain jacket. I have like a work rain jacket. I have three things. I don't need all of that. What I should have done is exactly what you're saying. Just buy one nice shell and plan it for multiple seasons. Like I think mm-hmm. that was a really good move and I should have done that because <laughs> I didn't. And now I'm like, now I have more gear to take care of too, which is like, I'm trying to be better about that. So it's hard. Um, another pro tip, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but there's this company called Nick Wax and they basically can re-waterproof gear for you. So say you have like a friend or you pick up like an older rain jacket or something and it's not doing what it should. You can always like re-up the waterproofing on it, which I think was a little like hack that I didn't know about and I'm sure many people do, but that was like really helpful to know. Yeah. Yeah. I think like taking care of your stuff and learning how to instead of just having to replace things, like there's ways to take care of them that like it's 2020, almost 2024, like everything that is made, like surely should last us (laughs) till the end of time based on the amount of Gore-Tex and plastic that's in it, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah, totally. Another thing. I'm trying to think of like, (laughs) oh yeah, go. One of the things that has like truly allowed me to take everything at my own pace I have like a big plastic bin that is full of all my stuff that if I were to just go camping I just bring the bin and like everything that I truly need is in there um I have like my first aid I have like matches and a waterproof thingy like anything that I can think of that would be a barrier to me like pursuing something outside is probably in that bin Um, and you can just collect those things over time. It's not like every adventure has like everything I need, but like you learn after your experiences, like I really should have had this. And I don't know, a lot of that was handed down to me from my dad, but like, that's a nice thing to have and be able to just run with. But 
Yeah, and it takes it kind of takes like some of the um, care and maintenance. It makes it a little bit easier because you know where it goes and you just put it back in the bin and then it's ready for you like when you go on your next trip. That helps a yeah. lot with like availability. Say you like open up a shift or something. You're like, whoa, I have a weekend that's free. Mm-hmm. People are leaving tomorrow. Like, okay, I think I'm all good to go. Like that, yeah. those are little things that yeah. can kind of make things more accessible. Yeah, that was kind of a strategic game changer for me. <laughs> Yeah. One thing I like where this conversation has gone because it's kind of fun, like little life hacks that we've used throughout the years. One thing that we've done, and this wasn't always the most straightforward to me right away, was food you bring on trips can kind of add up like cost wise, especially because you definitely need it. A lot of times I would cut costs by just like not bringing enough food. And then I was like, what am I doing right now? I'm so hungry and I'm not comfy. Like the food you bring doesn't have to be like the highest end backpacking meal you've ever seen before it definitely can be and sometimes I'll bring them as like little surprise treats for myself but (laughs) you can go to the grocery store and like kind of self-make meals Mm -hmm. or self kind of low effort buy like a bunch of things and throw it into your bin and that will cut a lot of cost off too and we'll just have that stuff in the bin sitting in there so that like I have my oatmeal packets I have a bunch of random like coffee stuff I need yeah and that way you're not like, I don't know. It just kind of helps take some of the ease and makes it, I don't know, makes it easier. For sure. Well, trying to think of anything else. I feel like we've gotten pretty good. Secondhand stuff is really good from friends. Um, yeah. Yeah. And size up. That's the thing I regret not doing too. For most things. Because I, in air, <laughs> yeah, because I am, I in air quotes, like grew out of all my stuff, aka I just no longer fit my small stuff. So it gives me less options when it's small. I can't like layer as much. So mm-hmm. that was one thing I kind of regret not doing. Um, so if anything else that we want to kind of like mention or talk about before we wrap up, was there anything else that was on your brain? I guess I just want to like emphasize like in the spirit of taking things at your own pace, like reminding yourself why you're doing things and like really acknowledging that when I am motivated and when I'm truly inspired and like genuinely feel passionate about what I'm doing versus like going along for the ride because of a fear of missing out. That's when it like really feels like the outdoors were made like just for me, which is like such a cool experience. And it's just like the, the, I don't know. That's like what we all are after. I think like when you finally like just feel like, you're like exactly where you need to be in the world. And like, whether that's at the top of a mountain or like literally out in the backyard, like I really do think that if you're doing exactly what you want to be doing, like no time is wasted. I think like the rose colored glasses come on and you can basically romanticize any outdoor experience that you could ever dream up, I think. There are restrictions realistically and at the end of the day, as long as you were happy doing what you were doing outside, like FOMO can't touch that, you know? (laughs) That's so true. And I do think it sometimes sucks to look at things realistically. I've been known to not do that and then get myself in situations that aren't the most fun. (laughs) Like for example, I won't look at the weather accurately and I won't bring any warm clothes and then I'm borrowing warm clothes from people and they're cold 
that's like a very finite little piece that I do, but that's not me looking realistically at what's happening. That's like what that is. Yeah. And so that causes tension and stress. And I think what you're saying is so important that like it it can be glamorous and fun to look at things realistically because it creates an experience that's so genuine. And that's the cool thing about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so can you tell me about a time when going at your own speed outdoors made you appreciate nature more? Um, yes, I can, because the first thing that immediately comes to mind is when I, in a haze of like sophomore year, I think a group of co- like really cool people were going on this skiing trip out west. Um, the plan was to go to Big Sky and like stay with a friend and her family's like cabin. Obviously, this was a can't say no opportunity of a lifetime. Um, I don't think I had any experience skiing at that point. I think I maybe learned how to snowboard like back in high school and had gone a total of like three times <laughs> ever. And then, I mean, it all came together perfectly. We were headed out west. Um, yeah, we drove dro- through a I'm blizzard. Something really quick. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> And we drove from Madison to Big Sky, Montana, which I forgot how long it is, but it's a, it was a really far drive. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No. Road trip of a lifetime. Some really cool homies to get us through. Caroline was there. Caroline is the witness. <laughs> the witness to my um, buffoonery on the mountains. Um, I had never skied out west before. I mean, snowboarded out west before. <laughs> And let it be known that I was going snowboarding amateurly with a group of well-experienced skiers. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably should have filled you in on I that mean, better. I mean, I was educated. I knew what I knew what I was paying for. Um, we got lift tickets at like student prices, not bad. Staying with a friend, also free. So, like at the end of the day, this was like turning out to be a cool experience that was kind of affordable. Um, <laughs> Anywho, um, I pushed through for a solid, like, two days on the mountain, and then by the, like, third day, thank God I had the smart grace that I did not to pay for as many days as you guys paid for for lift tickets, because, boy, did I need a day to myself after just, like, two days, two harrowing days of just, like, scooting down the mountain and crying and falling hard and then begging Caroline to tow me on the <laughs> on the magic carpets and like it just it was just it was a time that I said yes and I literally had to take my my day when everyone else was skiing I dropped the kids off at the parking lot at, at the mountain and I drove myself into town and got a massage instead of skiing and snowboarding um no regrets which, there. Which, like, fin- <laughs> financially, like, probably shook out to the same amount. Which oh, is it was just, cheaper like, than a ticket. About. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best decision I ever made. Um, but, yeah, I think had I pushed through another day, I probably would have got hurt. And, honestly, it made me appreciate being in the mountains because I was, like, driving around, going on little, like, side hikes on my own and, like, got a massage, feeling great. I was like, wow, this is a cool city (laughs) versus me just like posted up somewhere on the middle of the mountain alone. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to get, get down without riding this, the lift down. (laughs) 
but I like looking back on that trip it was you were a a trooper and b I definitely should have skied with you a lot more I was in the phase where it was just like send it full-on energy and I was the do you know when like you're in a group setting and you're the lowest experienced out of the group of people and you're just like why I really have to hang on right now because I'm gonna get dropped no no (laughs) but I should have (laughs) just called it and skied with you more because that would have been more fun so but I'm so glad that you made that decision because I remember in the moment I was like wow I hope like she's not disappointed about like coming all the way out here and then you're like no I had a great day (laughs) and sometimes it just takes being really honest with yourself and like again with the boundaries and feeling like safe and responsible like I wasn't about to push myself to the point of no return where I was like back cracked on the mountain I don't know and then yeah yeah at the end of the day I look back really happily because I was able to kind of speak up for myself even though it was hard because I was with a lot of of my favorite fun cool people <laughs> didn't want to miss out but it was yes at- yeah yeah well I learned a lot from that too to be quite honest because I think that kind of showed me that even in group settings you can still do what you want and you don't need to be like so exhausted at the end of these trips you can say no and still have a trip that's really fun and awesome and really exciting and then also kind of restful at the same time if you need it to be like right. don't like how I was saying don't before, avoid saying no like it's cool to do things as a group and all of us be able to take some time to do what really is making us the happiest in that moment because you can plan a trip and you can set yourself up for some really cool stuff but at the end of the day like you're you're maybe gonna need a plan b and you're maybe gonna want to do what speaks to you the most in that moment so I think that's a huge part of being able to take the outdoors at your own pace and kind of live life to the fullest no matter what situation you're in so yeah and like longevity over time not just like in our 20s you're not hopefully you won't be that person in like a couple of years just generally speaking that looks back and is like wow I did all those cool stuff in my 20s now I don't do anything like create the life you want to live and learn how to set those boundaries so you can do the stuff like well into your adult life. Cause I think I never want to be that person that looks back and like stopped it because I couldn't find another option to keep going forward. So, so thank you so much for all your insight and all your like, uh, it's just so important. And I'm really glad we got to talk about this today because it's a little different and I think we really needed this energy. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. You can find us over at In Her Nature Pod on Instagram and TikTok. If you like today's episode, please share it with a friend, rate, and review us where you listen. We are currently looking for podcast sponsors and advertising partners that align well with our brand, so reach out if you'd like to work with us. Music today by Tommy Z with The Porch Flowers, and our logo is done by the amazing Riley Johnson at rej.creative. Don't forget, the stuff is in your nature. <laughs>